wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes! 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Stupid idiot. Shut your mouth, you thong-wearing fatty. Party's over, Grandpa. Kane was there! Kane was there too! Yeah! No enhancement needed. This ain't Monday Night Raw! This fight's right! It's Wrestle Rant Radio. Welcome back, folks, to Wrestle Rant Radio, the final episode of 2016, December 30th, 2016. Graham G.S. Matthews here, but I am not flying solo for the first time in over six and a half months, almost seven and a half months. We got the previously retired, coming out of retirement more times than Ric Flair. We got Mr. Marceau at RJ underscore Marceau on the Twitter. RJ, how are you doing today? Doing good, girl. How are you? Good to be back on the eve, only days after I posted the original episode of Wrestle Rant Radio on the YouTube channel of when you made your debut almost three years ago. How good does it feel to be back? Feels great. Great to <laughs> have a vacation. Great to come back on the Wrestle Rant Radio. I got the t-shirt on right now. Jeez, enjoying the, the paid original, vacation. I got the original shirt, not this knockoff garbage I saw online after that. Wow, and you didn't have to pay for that one. You got one of them for free by winning the Royal Rumble game, too, and GSM Trivia. <laughs> can't, wait to, can't wait to win again this year. <laughs> Get number 30 in Triple H, though, and hopefully it's not another old-timer. But uh, ahead of the Royal Rumble, though, as you guys have been voting all month long, we've had the 2016 WWE slash NXT year in review awards. It's been a crazy year for WWE, a great year, as even RJ put it himself in one of his articles recently. I would say so myself as well. It's been a pretty crazy year from the rebranding of the women, the arrival of AJ Styles, uh, the return of the brand split, a lot of crazy stuff, the return of the cruiserweights, a lot of crazy stuff going on in 2016. And uh, this is probably, looking at the polls right before I called you, Mr. Marceau, the most controversial polls yet in terms of, like, close calls in terms of who voted what. And this year, like, last year, it was pretty predictable in, term- in terms of who won each category and whatever. Um, but for this year, I'm looking at it, I'm like, holy shit, a lot of these took me by surprise. So uh, we'll start Uh-oh. with... Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see. I was taken by surprise. You might be as well. <clears throat> Especially because you voted at the, like, when it first opened, right, a couple weeks ago? I voted once on my laptop and when I went to work, I voted again. I had to get Becky's numbers up a little bit. Uh-oh, uh-oh. We'll see if she wants. She might have for the uh, Women's Wrestle of the Year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm jumping on all the computers on my work and just typing Becky Lynch. <laughs> having, everyone, having everyone at the Marso workplace vote for uh, the last kicker. So we'll start with the uh, WWE Network show of the year. Not really saying much, but I would say 2016 has been the uh, by far the best year for the network in terms of great shows. And there were so many great shows, I had to leave a couple off. Like, I didn't include Camp WWE. That didn't last too long. Um, I couldn't include, what was the other one? Ride Along. I kind of left that one out. That was That's an honorable mention. I left out your favorite show, Mr. Marceau, Holy Foley. That couldn't get on the list either. <laughs> The best part was that they made more than five episodes, but they only put up five after uh, after SummerSlam and have yet to air the rest of it. Can't air it. Foley needs money for health insurance. <laughs> I saw that. He works for a company and doesn't have health insurance. That makes no sense. <laughs> that so funny. He's the GM of Raw and the guy has no health insurance. It was just bad. But, uh, so, yeah. a full-time worker doesn't have health insurance. It makes zero sense. <laughs> 
It's terrible. Only in Mick, only Mick Foley would have that problem. But uh, yeah, so a lot it of good is, shows on it here. Is credit though, he probably probably wrapped up a few high bills. Uh, probably like man, when I probably. Take any more risk with you. I think he jumped off too many cells or something. <laughs> so for the shows we got here the categories included uh, we had Cruiserweight Classic Talking Smack The Edge and Christian Show WWE 24 Stone Cold Podcast and Legend with JBL so we'll work from the bottom and work our way to the top uh, so coming in at 4% Stone Cold Podcast which I think won last year had the least amount of votes with 4% which surprised me but not really just because we didn't have many great Stone Cold Podcasts this year I think we didn't really have many at all I think we just had the AJ one. We had AJ Styles, Dean Ambrose. I know they did Big Show. They might have done Mick Foley, I think, at one point, too. And that was about it. Did, did they do any more other than those? Do you remember? But I remember. Now, they didn't do that many this year. I feel like they had... I don't think they had AJ, Mick Foley. Yeah, they only had a few. I feel like they haven't had one in a while, either. Like, they had a couple in the beginning, yeah, then they stopped. Yeah, they just did. I, yeah, I know. I think they just did Styles, and that was it. I think that was the last one they did. I don't know if Stone Cold's busy or what's going on, but that was that was probably the best one they did. Other than that, the show really hasn't been too compelling all year. I'll take a look right now, but I think those are the only ones. Yeah, have. I think those were the only yeah. few. Let me know if there's any more. But uh, I'll let you know right now. I'm just surfing the WWE now. Right okay, now. perfect, perfect. But uh, yeah, in the meantime, tied for five percent was twenty four. Another special. They didn't do too much of this year. No, they did. The, they did the Seth Rollins one. And the Daniel Bryan the, one. The only one they did this year was Seth Rollins and the one was Evolution. Did they do a WrestleMania 31 one, though? Yeah, they did one at the end of January, and then they did Thank You, Daniel Bryan. And then they did, they did Rollins, too. They did too. four this year. So then they split them out by January, March, May, August. So. Oh, what was the one? Oh, the Women's Revolution. That's what it was. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Evolution. So. Evolution. Evolution, not revolution. That's Diva's Revolution. Sorry. <laughs> So uh, that got 5%. Legends with JBL, which is a pretty underrated show. That got 5% too. Uh, so top three, 7%. Edge and Christian show, which got a lot more votes than I thought it would. It was actually a pretty decent show. Or later on, anyway. The early episodes were pretty garbage. But this is crazy. So I think this was might have been the closest or one of the closest polls that we got all year. Uh, 39% of the vote to 40% of the vote. Literally by one vote this show won by. Talking smack at first. And then second was Cruiserweight Classic. So um, those were the two shows I would say were the best of 2016. Both were amazing. Cruiserweight Classic was an in-ring show, but I still had to include it. Great from start to finish. Talking Smack is always awesome. But, um, yeah, both were great. So, Mr. Marceau, your thoughts on Talking Smack and Cruiserweight Classic barely edging each other out as the show of the year for the WWE Network? I, thought, I think Talking Smack's good every week. Um, I know Raw tried to rip it off with, like, Raw Talk, <laughs> stupid name, but uh, that didn't work that well. I don't know. I think Talking Smack's good because, like, they do kind of break character a little bit, but they do also. I'm um, saying character and Renee Young and Dana Bryan are usually pretty entertaining every week. And then pretty much all the guests they've had have been good too. Like mm-hmm. even if they're not as scripted as they usually are on TV, they all have been pretty pretty good. And they actually get their point across. They can be pretty funny sometimes. I remember the Usos a couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago were pretty funny. Yeah. Um, Carmella's been good on it. Alexa Bliss. Um, I'm trying to think who else has been on. That's been pretty good. Ambrose is uh, good on there the too. Miz good that one time. The Miz is one that pretty much. Got the show pretty much over. Yep. That yeah, I cut that great promo on Dana Bryan, but pretty much every every guest they've had, Baron Corbin's been great on it. So I think it's mm-hmm. good for them to get like more mic. It's pretty much getting more mic time that they want to get on. It's bad that he's spent it only two hours, but instead of putting a twenty minute authority promo or some promo <laughs> on Raw that no one really cares about, <laughs> it kind of gives them a platform with a mediator to kind of 
get their mic work on. I think it's a great show. And then Cruiserweight Classic was great. Um, if anything, I think the only reason it wasn't as good because it was kind of long. And then not every guy was like probably proud of like Zach Sabre Jr. Grand Met the League. But they had a lot of great matches there. So, um, but I thought it was a great installment. I think it was definitely one of the top shows. And that's what we can see here by the polls. It would have to be. I mean, Talking Smack is obviously continuing going on in the new year, hopefully. I think Raw does their Raw talk show after the Raw pay-per-views, and I still don't watch it. I still don't care about it. Talking Smack is great every week, though. With the Cruiserweight Classic, um, obviously rumors have been running rampant for a while now. They might be doing not only one, another one of those next year, which would... I don't know how that would work out with 205 Live. Now we have that show, whatever, but... With the, uh, with the Cruiserweight Classic, we've heard rumors of them doing a women's one at the onset of 2017 with the likes of, <clears throat> I think, Deanna Perrazzo has been rumored for in the past. Another other, a number of other women, too. So would you like to see something like that brought back to the network with women this time around? I would say the women. I'm not sure if we want to do the Cruiserweights again. It's kind of like one of those things once the first one. can't really match the you know, like, hype and the greatness of the first one. Um, the women would be, it would be great to have the women because they're kind of doing the same thing with the United Kingdom show or whatever it is. Like, mm-hmm. the what they're doing is kind of like the same thing. So if you keep doing the same, like, cruiser class, cruiser class, it's going to lose its last adventure. I think the first one was really good, so it'll be hard to match um, how great the first one was. But a woman want to be nice, though. Yeah, I think with the Cruiserweight Classic, especially now that we have the guys on Raw, the Raw pay-per-views, and 205 Live, I don't think there's a real necessity to do another one with the Cruiserweights. And I also forgot they're doing the UK one, too, in a couple, or like next month. So it's like way too many tournaments for like 2017. But yeah, I think they kind of got the cream of the crop for the first one. So I have no, honestly have no idea who they would pick up for the second one, other than like maybe Amazing Red or something. But you have to fill out the next 31 spots. So I don't know how you would do that with by not using the same guys over and over. But, yeah, I think a women's one would be good, though. But, uh, yeah, speaking of the WWE Network, it's been a great year for the Network, too, in terms of pay-per-view specials, whatever, from NXT to the main roster. So the categories I included, I included for best special of the year, uh, Royal Rumble, Money in the Bank, Battleground were all the pay-per-views. The NXT specials I included were TakeOver Dallas, TakeOver Brooklyn, and then the Cruiserweight Classic Finale, too, which aired back in September. So... Uh, we'll start from the bottom here with, uh, let's see, 8% the Rumble, which I thought was the best Rumble they've put on in years. We watched that together. That was a great show. Still got 8% of the vote, though. Um, 13% the Cruiserweight Classic Finale, <clears throat> which was, like I said, back in September. And had some of the best matches we've seen all year with Perkins, Metalik, Ayabushi, and Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, that was uh, coming in at 4th, I think coming in at, or that was 5th, coming in at 4th. 16% with Battleground, which I thought was the best WWE pay-per-view of the year. Money in the Bank, barely beating that out at number third. Tied in second, actually, at 20%. With fellow 20%, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 2. And then winning the whole poll was TakeOver Dallas from the eve, or two days, rather, before WrestleMania 32. Another show that we watched together. An absolutely amazing event start to finish, which saw the crowning of new tag team champions, women's champion, the semi-debut of Bobby Roode, the debut of Austin Aries, Shinsuke Nakamura, Samoa Joe, and Balor facing each other for the NXT Championship. So just an absolutely amazing show. Uh, RJ, what did you vote for and your thoughts on TakeOver Dallas winning the poll? Um, I actually voted for TakeOver Dallas. Uh, but, uh, probably, yeah, I, think, I think it was probably the most... If it wasn't perfect, it was pretty much, pretty much the best overround book show I've seen in a while. I'd say... Actually, Toronto was really good, too. Um, I'd say I'd probably put that on there, but it was kind of late, obviously. So 
not trying to throw shit on GSM, but I've also been great as well. But um, I think NXT Dallas is good top to bottom, like you said. Um, had Austin Aries, Baron Corbin, Shinsuke, and Zane, Oscar and Bailey, Samoa Joe and Balor, like a lot of great matches and no filler. I'm pretty sure they didn't have any filler match in that one. No. And they usually have at least one like Mojo Rally match or one match <laughs> that kind of doesn't really do much for the crowd. But that was a great show and I, I think it really hurt WrestleMania because everyone was coming off of Dallas and expecting a great show and they kind of were let down and didn't really get the show that they really wanted. So I think Dallas is definitely the best show of the year. Um, but I think Battleground and Money in the Bank were great shows as well for WWE, actually, at least on the main roster. Um, Royal Rumble, it's, I don't really remember it so vividly. So I wouldn't say it was that great, but um, I think Money in the Bank and Battleground were two great shows, though. Yeah, definitely good shows. It's hard to say because I was looking back, <clears throat> and it's really hard to say. Like There was a lot of pay-per-views this year that were really good, but not great. Like, uh, Roadblock sucked. That doesn't count. Survivor Series sucked. SummerSlam, I thought was good. I was there, so I was kind of biased, but that's not a great show. WrestleMania, like you said, is coming. What'd you say? Oh, Fastlane sucked, too. Fastlane was... <laughs> I don't know if it was that good. I don't really remember that no, much about it at all. Um, there's not a lot, I mean, I almost was tempted to include, but I also wanted to get in the CWC finale in there, but I would have included Extreme Rules, too, which we were at, and not even, like, bias speaking, that was a really good show, that was a great show, Payback was good, too, um, but yeah, I just thought Money in the Bank and Battleground were the cream of the crap, Rumble on there, too, just kind of throw an honorable mention, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the TakeOver specials, I I wanted the CWC finale in there, but if I wasn't going to, I would have included Toronto because that was a great show too. As was the end. I thought all four takeovers this year. We only had four, and we usually have like five, I think. Um, But yeah, this year we only had four. And all four were great. We had one Survivor Series weekend, WrestleMania weekend, SummerSlam weekend, and that one in June for the end. And all four were amazing. Um, so I'll ask you this yeah. before we move on real quick. Do you think it's a wise idea to do these takeovers the same weekend as the big four pay-per-views? Because like, like you said, I mean, they kind of take away from Mania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, and so on. Yeah. Um, I don't know if, like you said, it's kind of like one of those things that kind of, they're booking it like a quarter, a quarter of the year since they're on four, four each year. I'm also, if anything, they should probably expand it out like a week or two. Like you said, when you go out the night before and you have a great show and then you're kind of like, you're at least going with a negative mindset that the, the main roster is not going to be as good, more than just like it's just, it's not even come close. I don't think any, I don't think any of the main roster shows have even come remotely close to how good the takeovers have been. Like Toronto was amazing, Survivor Series wasn't good, Brooklyn was great. I think SummerSlam was probably the best one of all the ones that followed up, but there was a lot of like heat and like animosity after that show just because of how long it was and then mm-hmm. the finish. Um, Dallas was amazing. And like you said, the end was good as well. And I just think, and I, I don't know, I just don't understand, like, the difference between, like, I don't get how one show can be really, really good and another one just, just poop, but <laughs> I guess just who's booking it and then how they're doing it. But I think all the NXT shows, I don't think there's really ever been a real bad NXT special, so um, as far as I'm I just keep it going. And if the main roster can't keep up, then it's their fault. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's, it's you can't blame NXT. I've seen people blame NXT like, oh, they can't be so good. They should tone it down. It's like, 
why should they tone it down when the main roster should just be better? That makes no sense. So exactly, I, like be worse because the main roster sucks. <laughs> it's the dumbest logic I've ever heard in my life. Like you said, we have yeah, I think we've had maybe thirteen takeovers, something like that. We've had them over the past. I'm looking at right now. There's been one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, fourteen. Fourteen shows. Fourteen, including Antonio, San Antonio. Okay, so so thirteen so far, uh, not including the one that we got next month, and all of them have been either good, great, or amazing, including Dallas and Brooklyn too. In Brooklyn, the first one, they were all amazing. So, it's it's gonna be hard for the. I mean, the Rumble should be good. I mean, I I can't really say we already have Reigns and uh, Owens part ten on at Rumble, so that should be captivating too. But uh, I can't wait. <laughs> inside Jericho, inside the cage, we didn't just see that takeover Toronto. Woohoo! And then Styles with John Cena for the fifth time. Yeah, no, I look forward to that more than You're Owens. And... What'd you say? So I'm excited. John Cena and Ina again. <laughs> what did he do to deserve it? Absolutely nothing. Woohoo! Absolutely nothing. <laughs> So I guess you need to have a TV show that tanks in order to get a WWE title shot. Okay, that makes sense. But like you said, what's even more shocking to me, and you know, another thing I didn't include on here either. Oh, fuck. How did I forget to include this? Not even include it, but how did I forget to mention this? In terms of great pay-per-views in the main roster, all the SmackDown shows were amazing. All of them. Backlash. No Mercy, and especially yeah. TLC. They were all, all fucking... Shows were really good. TLC was amazing. TLC was fucking amazing. I thought, I thought, I thought TLC was very underrated. I thought a lot of people like Kind of gave it like okay review, but that was a really good show, especially especially compared to how bad Roadblock was. <laughs> Really good. Yeah, that's a that's another thing too. Like we've been saying for years, how can NXT be so good but the main roster is shit when it's produced by the same people? To an extent, I know it's like different, like developmental, whatever. But then you have the main roster, and one brand is like not even close to being as good as the other. Raw fucking sucks every single week, and SmackDown just delivered as one of its best episodes all year on Tuesday. And the same thing with the pay per views, like you said. I don't know. I just. I don't know if it's the second hour, like the extra hour yeah. or what, but it just—it just—it is—it is kind of mind-boggling how one show is a lot better than another one. Yeah, it's not even close. It just—I don't know. The pay-per-views don't even come close. Like even Hell in the Cell that we were at, which was good, but No Mercy it was, was okay. It was okay. It was okay. <laughs> It was okay. It wasn't really that good. I enjoyed being there, but it wasn't a great show. Not even a good show, but it's just, oh my god. It's like, I don't know. I think for 2017, I'm going to try to get to a... We have to get to a SmackDown pay-per-view at some point in 2017. That's got to be the goal. Seriously? If they continue doing them, if we continue to have 20 fucking pay-per-views a year, but we'll say by the end of uh, by the end of the... I heard they're toning it down, but we'll say. So anyway, we'll move on here to uh, Feud of the Year. So this one was interesting. Uh, not as close, but a couple good contenders here, so... Coming in at number six, Balor and Joe from NXT with 4% of the vote, which I thought was a good feud. Lasted a little bit longer than it should have, but still a good feud, and we saw that live at NXT LOL. Uh, coming in at number five, The Revival and DIY with 9% of the vote. Number four was, let me see, 9% as well. So tied for fourth was uh, Revival and DIY with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Number three, coming in at three here with uh, 22%, Charlotte and Sasha Banks. Number two, with 24% of the vote, Dolph Ziggler and The Miz. And number one, John Cena and AJ Styles with 32% of the vote. So a lot of great feuds this year, a lot of great matches, which we'll talk about in the match of the year category later on. Um, we'll talk more about Cena and Styles a little bit later on, the match of the year and shit like that. But uh, Mr. Marceau, your favorite feud of the year, what did you vote for? And your thoughts on Styles versus Cena. 
Let's, I don't, I'm trying to think which one I voted for. It's actually, uh, I think I actually voted for Ziggler and Miz. Okay. Um, and that was a really good feud. Um, DIY, I thought DIY and Revival was really good too. Um, I thought both their matches, their big matches they had were amazing. Um, easily matches of the year candidates. Um, but I don't know, I don't think that Sasha's good. I just don't think it's as good as the poll was showing. Um, Charlotte and Sasha was good at first, but got very tiresome by the end. Mm-hmm. Um, Bella and Joe was great too. I'm surprised how only got 3%. Um, and Daniel was just good as well, but oh, I thought Diggle and Miz kind of carried SmackDown for a little bit. Um, and they had that great feud, and I don't know, I just think the back and forth, the Spirit Squad involvement wasn't like too over the top, and we were kind of trying to get that momentum back. Obviously, the loser now, but um, for that like two-month period that they were feuding, I thought it was a really good time, and The absolute worst. But yeah, no, I think with Cena Styles, I think people knew coming in that it was going to be a great feud just because it was a dream feud. It was a feud that a lot of people thought we would see and we ended up did seeing when AJ Styles arrived in WWE in the beginning of 2016. With Ziggler and Miz, though, I feel like they had such a great feud, which was even more surprising just because we've seen it God knows how many times before. We've seen it how many times before in the past over that same belt, over the IC title. And their matches are always good. That really wasn't a surprise. It was just kind of more so the fact that they made SmackDown. I mean, I can't really say they carried SmackDown because the show has always been good since the brand split, even arguably all year round. But um, with Ziggler and Miz, I thought the feud was way better than it had any right to be. For a guy that I could not give two shits about in Dolph Ziggler, I thought really did his best work to Miz too. Um, but this whole, I, I don't know, that whole feed I thought was great. So I got to go with Cena Styles personally, so I got to agree with the vote. But I can't go wrong. You can't go wrong with Ziggler and Miz, too, like you said. Uh, the series of matches they had, they I think they single-handedly made that belt meaningful again. Would you agree? Yeah, easily. I think their matches are great. Um, like I said, the, I think, like I said, the belt was like, I thought the belt was kind of getting back to being prominent again, but I think that's kind of like put it over with it and actually put it in. Um, more stock in the belt and just like giving it more of a meaning. I think before there didn't have much, it was just kind of there. But that few kind of like prolonged its where it is now. And now, um, Miz is doing a great job as an final champion. It's uh, it's pretty close to how great AJ is as the WWE champion. I'd say it's closer to that than Reigns and Owens and that whole garbage. <laughs> Their titles and who cares? It's, oh, God. That's, that's another thing, too. It's like, how does the IC title, for the most, in my opinion, the most meaningful and prestigious this title's felt in, like, literally maybe five to ten years? I, I could not tell you another time, like, when Barrett held the belt for, like, the fifth fucking time. And, I mean, I know The Miz is a six-time champion, as is, like, Dolph Ziggler. But, uh, I don't know. I just thought the matches they had, the feud, the promos they had, too, like, as you mentioned earlier, were phenomenal. And it's just a stark contrast to Raw, where that U.S. title basically means nothing. Like, I know Reigns just defended it on Monday, but, like, no one cares. It's just a prop, and he's not even really doing much with it, whereas The Miz is really taking that title and bringing it to new heights. So, I don't know. Hopefully 2016 is a better year for the U.S. title than it was uh, in 2016, so we'll see. But uh, speaking of which, so we'll move from there to the shocker of the year. This one was not even close, as you can probably imagine, but uh, a, lot of, a lot of good contenders, I thought. I, I thought I put in some good choices here but i kind of figured this one wouldn't even really be close so coming in at number six i think with four percent of the vote samoa joe wins the nxt championship at a live event which we were there for pretty i was shocked beyond belief um i think as you were too that was a great moment just to be there live 
Dumbfounded. Dumbfounded. <laughs> Probably one of the best moments I've seen all year, in addition to seeing Rollins return in extreme roles, too. Yeah, it was great. I thought those both were great moments, but I think, think easily um, Goldberg being alive on the other shocker. Yeah. There. Yeah, so like I said, that got 6%. That that was uh, came in 6th place, sorry, with 4%. Five, fifth place was uh, 7%, with Triple H portraying Seth Rollins. That came in 5th. I was really shocked about that, but that really kind of goes to show how shocking 2016 has been. 4th uh, place with uh, 14%, Zack Ryder winning the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania. 3rd place with 15% of the vote, Daniel Bryan retiring. 2nd place, AJ Styles debuting in the Royal Rumble match with 19% of the vote. And as you said, taking just running away with this poll, 40% of the votes going to Goldberg beating Brock Lesnar, something that absolutely, especially in the fashion that it happened, happening, happening in like 90 seconds, if that, with 40% of the vote, Goldberg beating Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series. So we're almost a little um, over a month, a month and a half removed from a Survivor Series. Lesnar and Goldberg are in the Rumble match. Have your thoughts changed on that at all, Mr. Marceau, on Goldberg beating Brock Lesnar in the fashion that he did? No, I, th- I still I still think it's kind of stupid how um, he beat Lesnar for 90 seconds. I was, it was a shocking moment, but that's all it really was. It was, so, it was more, I think it did more bad than it did good. I think everyone was like, this is stupid. And all the people that really liked it were like, people that like watched WCW were like, oh, that's what you used to do back in the day. I'm like, okay, he's fucking 50 years old now. No one cares. <laughs> um, but I, I guess they're going to push them into the Rumble and then they'll probably wrestle at WrestleMania. Hope to God, not over the title or eat it and win the fucking match. Oh my God, I'd shoot myself. Um, but like I said, it was a good shocking moment, but it just, it doesn't do anything because they'll be gone in like six months. Who cares? Exactly. I mean, it's just, it's just kind of ridiculous. I think especially too, in that it was if it was such a big moment, and both of these guys are Raw guys. They have not appeared on SmackDown. This is a Raw feud, okay? So if this moment was so good, then why the hell did none of this success translate to the Raw program? The, the Raw has been none the better because of the feud. I mean, the feud was good going into the pay-per-view. Don't get me wrong. I was really excited for it, as many other people were. But the match itself was such a success in air quotes that it really did nothing to benefit Raw whatsoever. Both guys left. Goldberg's back next week which should be cool for the first Raw of the year, which they always kind of do something special for. But, I mean, it's it's not like Raw is all of a sudden must-see because Goldberg beat Brock Lesnar in 90 seconds. Like, now no one... I mean, I, I got to agree. My thoughts, I thought it sucked. And uh, we're a month and a half removed, and I don't think my thoughts on it have changed. So, uh, you you do think they are facing off at WrestleMania, though? Unfortunately, yeah. I don't know, I don't know what else they do. Um, I'm still fearing that one of them will win, and I'm going to pull up out the Royal Rumble, but... Hope to God they don't win because I don't need a title on that feud. And oh my God, I just hope they neither of them win. That's my goal. They can wrestle at WrestleMania, but they can't win the Royal Rumble. That'd be great. So, like, in past years, it's like, don't win Batista. Don't win Roman Reigns. This year, it's like, don't win Goldberg. It's I hope it's anyone but Goldberg and Brock Lesnar. Because, like I said, that feud does not need the belt. I'm fucking Strowman, and I jumped through a roof. <laughs> I do not want to see Lesnar and what's-his-face one again. I couldn't take it. I couldn't. I might literally blow my brains out. Same, same. I just feel like with this feud, and I just read the other day that Goldberg signed on for an extra match. So he's doing the Rumble, obviously WrestleMania, and he's got three matches on his deal and a number of like 12 appearances, something like that, which is obviously all on Raw. No live events, obviously. I don't think anyway. Um, but with Goldberg, he might be wrestling at the February pay-per-view. Maybe not that show or the April show. I don't fucking know, but... 
even so, I would love to see them blow it off at like the February show, but they probably won't. Like you said, they got to do a WrestleMania. Lesnar's got to beat him. They got to do that and just get it over with. But yeah, I think th- the fact that it's happening at all again is bad enough, but to put a title on the line would just be stupid. So I really hope that's not the case. But uh, speaking of disappointing, so that was a bit disappointing in Survivor Series. Good segue into our next category here. Most disappointing departure of the year, which was a new category. Um, I think it replaced most disappointing superstar. And um, I mean, there were a lot of categ- there were a lot of candidates for that one. You could put Neville on there up until recently anyway. You could put the fucking club on there. Oh my God, there's so many candidates. But I decided to switch it up, took that one out, put in most disappointing departure instead because we had a lot of people leave this. We, we talk about so many celebrities dying in 2016. We had a lot of people leaving WWE in 2016 too. So with 5% or no, coming in at number six place, sorry, in the sixth place, with literally 1% of the vote, no one got 0%. 1% of the vote was Ryback. No one cared that Ryback left the company. That was funny. So Ryback getting one. Uh, 5% in, in fifth place, the Dudley Boys, which was kind of surprising. I thought they would stick around, but whatever. Uh, third place, or th- rather fourth place, with uh, or tied for third place, rather, with 11% of the vote, respectively. Alberto Del Rio and Damian Sandow, none too shocking. A bit disappointing in Sandow's case, but not shocking at all. Second place, 17% with Wade Barrett in first place. Again, not even close with 55% of the vote. Cody Rhodes, who I know you voted for and who's been uh, currently ripping it up on the indie scene. So your thoughts on uh, if all these months later you still believe that WWE dropped the ball on letting... They didn't release him, but he wanted to leave on WWE dropping the ball on Cody Rhodes. Um, I don't understand what they were doing seeing him. Um, they just kept saying, like, that he just, I don't know if he just didn't have it or they just didn't want to push him. I just, I think out of all these other guys, he's the only one that really could have really made it big. I feel like Wade Barrett, too, they dropped the ball back in 2 because he left he had put in his notice literally days just days ahead of when they announced the brand split was coming back so had he stuck around not to say that he would have been world champion right now but he could have been a big star for the smack like I could see him easily being an upper mid card guy like where Miz and Ziggler are if not above that for Smackdown right now and I mean that's not to say he can't come back in the future, but I think he's really enjoying himself working TNA, Ring of Honor, Japan, all that other shit, to the point where he, there's really no point in him coming back at this point anyway. Maybe down the line, he only is like 31, 32 years old, so he's got his whole career ahead of him. But yeah, I think Cody Rhodes, I mean, when he when I heard he got released, I wasn't like crying. I was just more like, oh, that kind of sucks, just because they weren't doing anything with him anyway. But it was only after the brand split announcement where I was like, oh shit, if he had he stuck around, maybe he would have lucked out, but... Who knows? Maybe had he not left, he would still be Stardust right now. Who knows? I mean, they didn't let him change it up for two years, so who, who fucking knows? But I was surprised Ryback got one over, like, Del Rio. Del Rio is not not shocking, and I could not give him a shit. I mean, maybe it's just because I like Ryback, but Del Rio... I'm surprised how many votes Del Rio really got. Like, I don't like Ryback either, but I think it was worth seeing him go than 
Del Rio should not have returned in the first place. That just still makes no sense to me whatsoever. Yeah, it is what it is, whatever. I fucking hate Del Rio, so <laughs> I don't fucking care. <laughs> Guys, been, he's probably been more relevant recently in this whole Paige relationship than he was than he ever was before in WWE for the year that he was back. I think so. Easily, easily. No one gave a rat that, but he came back to suck. Speaking of which, I was well, so sick. So go ahead. I guess 10% of the viewers actually, or whatever the fuck, yeah, what do you get, 10%? 11%. Well, most people must be delusional, man, because he sucks. (laughs) I was shocked to get as as many votes as he did, but speaking of Del Rio, on a side note real quick, after watching uh, Lucha last night, I turned on E and I was disappointed. I I remembered that they said it last week, but I completely forgot that uh, Total Divas wasn't on last night. I was so disappointed about that. I know, I was pissed. I literally... I went out last night, like, went on my DVR, no Total Divas. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> what that no Total Divas? I'm like, oh, it must be a week off or something. I was pretty pissed. Yeah, they got the week off, but I was like, damn it. I was really looking forward to what was going to happen next. But it is back next week, though, so I'm looking forward to it. Still probably... Need more Rusev. Need, need more Rusev. I, lo- I forgot to tell you this over text, but the... Uh... The HBK, uh, what were they doing? The DX thing when they were doing the poses yep. was great. Classic. Loved it. Loved it. Still, still still, better than Raw. Rusev's on Raw, but I still love Total Divas better than Raw. Pretty much. <laughs> so we'll go from there to return of the year, our next category. Always a popular uh, category every year in the annual awards, and this is our fourth year doing this. So anyway, return of the year with uh, coming in sixth place with 4% of the vote. Actually tied for fifth with with 4% with Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania 33 back on April 3rd. Mickey James at uh, NXT TakeOver uh, Toronto. I almost said San Antonio, Toronto on November 19th. Those those two were tied for fifth at 4%. Uh, Coming in at fourth place with 9% of the vote was Chris Jericho on the first Raw of the year back on January 4th. Coming in at number three was Goldberg on Raw on October 17th. I was really surprised he didn't get more votes. Uh, Coming in at number two, which we were there for, Seth Rollins at Extreme Rolls back on May 22nd with 14%. And again, running away with the vote, or rather dancing away, I guess in his case, Shane McMahon back on Raw on February 22nd with 57% of the vote, which, I mean, kind of surprises me that Goldberg didn't get more votes, but... Shane McMahon's return, we watched that together too, was an amazing moment. I watched that back like a dozen times. First time back in seven years, something like that. It was I, a shocking moment. No one saw that coming. Yeah, I thought, like you said, I see Shane McMahon easily won. I thought Goldberg would get a little bit more views because Rollins was kind of like rumored to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, but Stone Cold was kind of what it was. Jericho was good. Mickey James was a kind of a, it was already announced that she would come back, so um, probably not the biggest news or best return but definitely Shane McMahon because it wasn't really rumored or anything like it kind of was one of those one moment in like wrestling history when then now with the internet it didn't get ruined or was a leak beforehand so I thought it was actually a big shocking moment I remember watching live with you um great moment great time great pull of popcorn that night uh, <laughs> great it was a great time it was a great to see Shane McMahon back that was awesome, yeah. I think one of those things that, especially at the time that it happened, too, it happened during that fucking McMahon, 
Memorial Award or whatever the hell was going on. That was yeah, the the Award of Excellence or something like that. Whatever the hell it was, and we all thought like Taker was coming back or no, I think some people thought Taker was coming back or they actually did announce Taker's return in that same segment, but. It was like, I don't know what the fuck they're going to do. Maybe Triple H is going to come out or Roman Reigns, whatever, and a Machine McMahon of all people. Did you end up paying off the window that I ended up breaking through that segment, by the way? I did, I did. I went around the switch and I found Rick fucking nailed me. <laughs> Perfect. I was going to say, I jumped through a window and that happened. Uh, that was an amazing moment. But yeah, Shane McMahon's, I think, been, out of all these guys, other than Rollins, who was in Jericho too, I guess, um, has been like the most consistently used guy in the, in the company. I know he came back for a one-off at Survivor Series, which I don't know was too... I don't know if that was necessary, but as a, an authority figure, I think he's been doing a great job, so hopefully... Do you think he will stick around for the entirety of 2017? Um, I'm not sure. They kind of stopped saying, like, he wasn't going to stick around at all, and then when he went to SmackDown, he was never going to be on the show, but he's on it all the time, so... I don't know. Who knows with this whole Shane McMahon thing. It's kind of like... I feel like they're kind of like booking it as it goes. At first, he was not going to... No, yeah, absolutely. I think I'm just kind of enjoying it as it goes. Uh, I'm fine with him as an authority figure. I think as an in-ring guy every week wouldn't really be necessary. I mean, his matches weren't really that great this year. The Taker match wasn't great at all. But, uh, oh, one last question before we move on, too. Do you think he will be in action at WrestleMania this year, or do you, you don't think so? I hope to God, no. <laughs> well, you don't want to see, uh, you don't want to see Lesnar and McMahon? I don't care if he's fucking in a wheelchair match. I don't want to see Shane McMahon ever again. It was a horrendous match. <laughs> Good. It was, it was just like for the moment. Big, push, a big fucking bed he landed on. It's stupid. Yeah, that was that. Was, the camera angle was terrible, and that you could clearly see that the bed like deflating. Kevin Dunn fucking up again. Well, no. <laughs> yeah, biggest fuck up of 2016. Kevin Dunn. All that. All that needs to be said. Enough said. But uh, yeah, no, that match was horrendous. That was uh, like I mean, we've talked about this before. WrestleMania 32 was just all about moments. That's really all that it was. It was really nothing else about it. It was just purely moments. Here's hoping. Fingers crossed on Mania 33, which you already will be. Yeah, you already got your tickets. Mr. Marceau is WrestleMania bound. Ro- Road to WrestleMania. Here it comes, Mr. Marceau. But uh, yeah, you're going to be there. Here. Fingers crossed it's a better show. Fingers crossed I get tickets to NXT Orlando and get my uh, expectations up. <laughs> Uh, we'll see. That that should be a great show too. I can't wait for that. Uh, I'm already getting excited as it is. But uh, speaking of the takeovers, got a lot of good takeover matches on this next category, the match of the year, which uh, definitely is another popular category every year. I think more people voted in this one than any other category, I believe, other than wrestler of the year. Um, but anyway, so match of the year coming in at number or sixth place, tied for fifth place. Sorry, with six percent of the vote was uh, Charlotte and Sasha from Hell in the Cell. I I don't really know why I included that, other than I just wanted to get a women's match on there. Because that match, in retrospect, really was not that good. I thought it was a good match, but wa- kind of watching it back was not a good match, really, at all. 
and um, their Raw match, like a month later, was way better than this. So I don't even know why I included that, but... Anyway, so uh, Team Raw and Team SmackDown from Survivor Series also tied for 5th at 6% of the vote. Coming in at 4th uh, place with uh, 14%, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens from Battleground. 3rd place, 21% of the vote. John Cena and AJ Styles at SummerSlam. And another really, really, really close call. 2nd place got 26%. One, first place got 27%. So literally by like a vote or two... This one won. This match won by so. Second place, or for, I'll just go with first place. The revival in DIY from Takeover Toronto, and then number two Shinsuke Nakamura and Sami Zayn from Takeover Dallas. So I was really, really, really surprised that Nakamura Zayn did not win. Um, that was that's what I voted as my match of the year. My own countdown on Bleach Report a couple days ago. Revival and DIY, I think, was voted number three or ranked number three on my list. Both matches were absolutely incredible. So, uh, Mr. Marceau, what did you vote for? And your thoughts on just the amazing in-ring action that we've seen all 2016 year-round? So, I voted for Nakamura and Zayn. I thought it was, hands, at least, singles match easily. Hands down, the best match of the year. Um, the buzz around it, the crowd. Um, the great, it was just an amazing match. Oh, God, don't get me started. <laughs> um, but that was a great match. The road with DIY, the second one, was really good time to tell. It kind of the same characteristics, but the crowd was hot. The match was really good. Um, and, like, the, the story for DIY, was, I feel like the story going into it was a lot better. Like, DIY, like, almost won in Brooklyn, but, like, Johnny Gargano said they cost them, and then they lost them. Like, it kind of, like, the story, I think, if anything, was better than not causing because that was kind of just, like, a dream match to happen and really mm-hmm. having a story around it. So the DIY revival story was amazing. The chrome was fucking amazing as well. <laughs> Um, I watched that the other day. It's so good. Uh, Great match. Easily one of, one of the best tag matches without like like a hardcore stipulation or anything. Like the best two out of three falls is great for this feud. And I thought Austin Nakamura and Zayn was a, definitely the best singles match. And I definitely say Revival DIY is the best tag team match I've seen in a while. So I'd say that Revival DIY match. Um, team Hell No and Ryback and The Shield are good right for us. But it was one of the really, really good matches. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but, Great year overall, like Cruiserweight Class got a lot of great matches. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think of other ones at the top. My Styles there, Roman Reigns was great from Extreme Rules. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple other ones on there, but just those matches right now are the ones that I guess stuck in my head. But those matches are great. Yeah, I forgot to include the Extreme Rules matches, AJ and Reigns. I tried not to have anyone repeat themselves. Like I didn't want to put like two Zayn. I mean, I guess Zayn is on there twice, but. I would have had him on there three times if I included that four away from Extreme Rules, which was also amazing, too, for the IC title. Uh, Reigns and Styles. A match, I don't know why I didn't put it on here. I'm really kind of pissed I didn't because they're on, like, the Cruiserweight Classic, I included another category, so I don't know why I didn't put it on here. But uh, Ayabushi and Alexander, I think, would have gotten way more votes than Sasha and Charlotte did from Hell in a Cell, so I don't know why I didn't put it on there. That was a phenomenal match, too. I think I put the number five on my rankings, but, um, yeah, I think it comes as no surprise that... Styles and Cena, in my opinion, was the best main roster match of the year, but best matches of the year, period, I thought were Nakamura, Zayn, Revival, and DIY. It comes as no surprise that uh, two best bouts of 2016 were both from NXT. And for the tag title matches, I think we kind of noticed this before, but it seems like they get better with every single special. Like, they had even Blake and Murphy in the, in the Vaude Villains. Up to that point, a year and a half ago, was like the best tag title match they've ever done. And then they did Revival and Enzo and Cass, which was great. We watched that one together. That was a great match. And they did... Oh, yeah, we started London. Oh, my God. London yeah, was an awesome show. Oh, <laughs> oh, my God. 
great moment. You popped out of your couch for that one. And that wasn't even the best of it, because they go from that to American Alpha and Revival in Dallas. Amazing match. The, the end rematch, the, the rematch at the end was even better than that. And then the Brooklyn match, as you said, was amazing too, which was even better than all of those. And then the Toronto match was the best one of them all. So they, did, they just keep on getting better and better. The stories, I think, are what, yeah, the stories are what, I think, are what makes these matches, so, yeah, they're just all phenomenal. I, I really hope we have yet to see it, and if Samoa Joe didn't win back the belt in Toronto, I would have gone with this, but we have yet to see a tag title match. We've seen the women's title and the NXT title defended in the main event of these takeovers, but never the tag titles, and I think this match would have been a great way to close off Toronto, and Joe and Nakamura was good, too, but this is what I would have gone with, just because this might be the best tag title match we've ever we, we will have ever gotten, so hopefully not. Um, hopefully they continue to raise the bar. DIY is great. It looks like we're getting DIY and Revival again on NXT in a couple weeks. And then we have another match of the year candidate with DIY and fucking Authors of Pain after that, so we'll see how that goes. But, oh, God, I'm going to start. <laughs> but uh, they did just have a great match last night or on Wednesday, whatever it was, with uh, Tajiri and Tozawa on NXT. So DIY should be a great set of champions as long as they don't drop the belts to Authors of Pain next month. We'll see, but uh, yeah, bottom line, I think, uh, would you agree that 2016, maybe not ever, but would you agree that 2016 has been the best year for in-ring action in a long, long time? Easily, easily in a long time. Um, like I said, they have the best wrestlers right now, so obviously helps. Like, back then, they kind of had a lot of better characters, I'd say, mm-hmm. but the actual in-ring abilities and wrestlers are a lot better right now. Um, tell you said, the tag team match has been great. The Revival have really come a long way. I'd say they're probably one of the... They could easily be considered one of the best wrestlers of the year. Just as a tandem, um, they've really revolutionized uh, tag team wrestling again. I think they're great. Um, DIY is the same way. But I, don't know, I think with NXT, they kinda like, they're molding their characters from what they were to what they are now. It's just like they have great wrestlers and they make the characters better. Instead of back in the day, they had good characters trying to make them better wrestlers. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of easy... To get someone over who's already a good wrestler and you just have to tweak the character a little bit. Like you said, they're all, like, the wrestling right now has been the best in, I don't while, like, 10, 10, 15 years. So, mm-hmm. like I said, I think they're just molding the characters, but the wrestling's just been amazing. Like I said, Revival's been great wrestlers, and they just finally kind of get the character to the peak of where it needs to be, and they're just a great act together. I think if you told me a year and a half ago that these two would have the best match, as voted by the people, as the best match of 2016, I would never have believed you, just because Gargano and Ciampa are both great. But at the time they came to NXT, they, like you said, they had no characters, but they built up this story in chasing the championships. And even the Revival, too, they showed up as a bunch of, like, the cause and, like, the creative wrestlers in the video games. They looked fucking generic as hell. And then they built up this great resume as these awesome, old-school, traditional heel tag team champions. And the only two-time tag team champions in NXT history. Uh, they've had just a blow-away year. So hopefully they both continued, both teams continue to kill it in 2017. Uh, so perfect segue on that on that topic. The tag team of the year of 2016 with, uh, let's see, with uh, 8% of the vote, or no, rather 3% of the vote, tied for fifth place, was uh, Enzo and Cass, and then Heath Slater and Rhino, both 3%. I'm surprised they got so few votes. Uh, tied for, or no, that was fifth place, then... Uh, Fourth place was American Alpha, who only won the belts like like this past week, and they were NXT Tag Team Champions. That doesn't really surprise me. They weren't really doing much in the main roster up until recently. Um, so then third place, that was fourth place. Third place, DIY, with 8% of the votes. 
So this was another close call that I was really surprised by. 39% to 42% taking away the or winning the award for tag team of the year. The revival with 42% and then 39 the new day. I was banking on the New Day to run away with this thing just because they were tag team champions all year. But I think by far the better tag team was undoubtedly the Revival. So, uh, Mr. Marceau, your thoughts, more thoughts on the Revival, and do you think there's uh, bigger and better things on the horizon for them in 2017? Yeah, I think, like you said, when I saw it the first, I was like, oh, New Day probably won, but, like, killing it because Heath Slater and Ryan have been, like, okay. Uh, Andrew Cass steamed off since they got on. They've cooled out a Roster. Uh, American Alpha, same way. I feel like before, well, they just won the titles, but before they kind of an afterthought. The Revival's been great. Like I said, they're kind of just two guys that are just generic and as a whole hell, and then they kind of get a character. And I think they've had, like I said, they've had great matches. I don't think the New Day's really had a lot of great matches. And this year, they kind of cooled off as well. Um, people are kind of just getting sick of the act. And they haven't really revolutionized. Like, they revolutionized the act a little bit last year with the whole Booty thing, but they haven't done anything different this year. They've done the same the same old shit. The people kind of getting old with the New Day and the Revival have just been great characters, and they've had a lot of great matches, so that kind of, that kind of helps when you have great matches as well as having great characters. And I think just because the New Day is just so old right now and they haven't really revolutionized the character at all, mm-hmm. I think that's why the Revival beat them. Yeah, I mean, I was just surprised just because New Day were champions all year, but like you said, I think with better character development and better just matches overall has to be the Revival. I mean, all three matches Revival had with uh, American Alpha this year were great. The matches they had with DIY were absolutely amazing, so you got to go with the Revival. New Day had some good matches. I thought the match with Cesaro and Sheamus from Roadblock was great. Other than that, though, really not a lot of great matches and uh, really kind of failing to develop their characters and, and kind of evolve as characters, I guess is the right word. But now that they're no longer champions, we'll see what the future holds for them. But uh, when the Revival does inevitably get called up, they get their tag title rematch. I think, like I said, I don't think next week, but the week after that, when they're back to airing original content, uh, do you think the Revival are Raw or SmackDown bound and when? Uh, I hope it's Raw because SmackDown's tag teams are good and Raw's tag teams kind of suck right now. Um, I think it should be, I think, because if they, stay, once they, if they lose again, uh, uh, what the fuck's their name, DIY again, then what's their real, what's for them to do, face like TM61 maybe, mm-hmm. maybe they do that at Antone, at San Antonio, like, well, they would probably, yeah, so maybe they do that, like San Antonio, face uh, TM61 in like a number one tennis match, they lose that, they come up the night, night after WrestleMania, um, but really after... DIY and not winning at the titles again. They really don't have much left to do down in NXT. Like I said, I don't think they've ever really faced TM61, so I think kind of like getting them over as one of the new tag teams on, on NXT would be good, so I'd say maybe do that. But besides that, they really don't have much left. Yeah, there's really not much left for them. to do. They've already won the belts twice, so after they wrap up the rematch in a couple weeks, I think it is time for the main roster. I think SmackDown is great, but... Like you said, I think Raw's tag team team desperately needs help. They only really have Cesaro and Sheamus, and not even really the New Day. They're kind of going out of the tag time, out of the tag title scene too. After failing to win their titles back on Monday, um, you got the fucking Club, who are losers right now. You have the Shining Stars, the Golden Truth. Like Raw needs help, and uh, Revival versus Cesaro and Sheamus would be a sexy ass match. I would love to see that at WrestleMania or something like that. But anyway, so we move from there to our final two categories: Women's Wrestler of the Year. So this one was also not really that close at all. 
Um, coming in at sixth place with 3% of the vote, Bailey. Just kind of hope we're to see that, but it is what it is. 4% of the vote at fifth place, Nia Jax. Not real. I, mean, I was wow. shocked. Shocked that Nia Jax got more love than Bailey. They're not Bailey fans, I guess. They're not huggers, so I was, uh... Whoever's listening to this, fuck you for not voting for Bailey, but it is what it is. Uh, I'll ban you ban you from visiting the website in the future. So uh, she got 4%, uh, 13% tied for third place with uh, was uh, Asuka and Becky Lynch, both at 13%. Yeah. <laughs> Becky Lynch had a really good year this year. She had a breakout year. Asuka's been great all year, but Becky Lynch really kind of came into her own all 2016 year round, finally winning the belt. So I'm glad she got more love than Nia Jax and both Bailey. I got to admit uh, second place, Sasha Banks at 17%, and then first place with 51%, Charlotte Flair. Uh, just no real surprise. I would have said the same thing. She is, whether you're a Charlotte fan or not, her mic skills, her matches all year have been great. Still undefeated in one-on-one title matches on pay-per-view. So I, there's, there's really no denial. So uh, your thoughts, and like I said earlier, kind of a real... You know, resurgence of women's wrestling. Probably the best year that we've ever had for women's wrestling is 2016 with the fact they've headlined pay-per-views, had amazing matches, blah, blah, blah. So, Mr. Marceau, your thoughts on uh, Charlotte becoming the Women's Wrestler of the Year for 2016? It's not surprising. Um, I figured she easily win. She's fucking smoked competition. Um, she's been champion all year. Literally been champion pretty much all year, like, besides, like, one or two months. Um, so... Like you said, she's really defined her character. I don't fucking like her at all. Fuck, God. Don't get me on a rant right now. I don't really like her at all. Um, without her fucking drunk idiot dad, she wouldn't be anywhere. But um, look at everyone else. I'll just go on everyone else and get it ready for my rant. Uh, Sasha's been good, but she's a glorified loser. Loses every match that matters. Um, can't win a pay-per-view. I just got her legit B-plus player shit. Uh, perfect, so perfect. Just came in the mail? In 2017, when she's losing Nia Jax. True, true. I should have put her over uh, Nia Jax or Bailey. Competition, yeah. There's no real threat. She's like, oh, like she's a heel or space, kind of like a tweener a little bit. I don't know. I think it's kind of tough. And like I said, there's no one really besides Ember Moon. She's like okay at that, but at, like at best, it kind of. We have like Sasha and Charlotte and all that. Like they're facing like Becky and all like the people that are kind of over. right now. You got like Aaliyah. Uh, she sucks. Um, Liv Morgan, who should be the champion right now. Boo. <laughs> Fucking trash too. Uh, <laughs> and Royce really came good, but they're like, I don't think they really know what to do with them right now. They're facing Daria. Or the fucker last name is. So, oh, Baronado, yeah. Like I said, it's kind of. It's not like she's a bad champion. She has a face like they bring freaking Nikki James in for Christ's sake to face her because they have no one else. Yeah. I'm not saying Nikki James is bad. But she's developmental. It shouldn't be hard to bring in Nikki James to face her. Yeah. But they should be bringing up. Well, like I said, I kind of. That's kind of like. Once it beat left, they kind of didn't have anyone left. Like, so they have Kane Royce, Billy Kay. I don't really care for Billy Kay that much. I don't think it's that good at all. 
Um, but I do like Kayna. She's hot. <laughs> Hopefully she's champion in 2017 at some point. Uh, Poison Ivy is champion. Hashtag book it. I'm in. I'm all in. <laughs> I like Ember Moon too, but I don't know. She's kind of corny, if you ask me. I don't know. I'm not like, I don't know. She's all right. She doesn't do a lot for me, but she's, I guess she's better than Aaliyah, so. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta and give, with, sorry, go ahead. And Liv Morgan. She's better than them, too, so. And then they're the only other two, like, baby faces that really are on the show, so. Yeah, they got. Oh, you know who else they got to bring in too in 2017? I know we've already seen her before, but they got to start grooming up Mandy Rose. She's also really good. Who? Mandy Rose. She's hot, dude. Just push her now. Don't even, don't even care when she comes out of wrestling. School, <laughs> well, Oscar and her had a really good match a couple months ago. We haven't seen her since. I don't understand why they don't bring her. She's good. She's good and she's good looking. Yeah. Know. So yeah, she's a perfect package. Hopefully, we see more of her in 2017. I think we will. But uh, yeah, I think with the women though, I think. A lot of honorable mentions. Nikki Bella returned far too late in the year for me to really include her, but uh, she's been she's been a lot better this year than she has been in the past. I love her as a babyface. She's way better as a babyface than as a yeah. That was a fucking tired act too. I think the best part about Nikki though, I think in 2016, has been the fact that she is not with her sister because we have seen that act how many times before. So I think that's probably the best thing about Nikki in 2016 is the fact that she's on her own and she's not doing the same shit she was doing in years past. So uh, she's been better. Carmella, I probably should have included her over either Bailey or Nia because she's also been doing great work as a heel. She's been doing really well. And uh, obviously Alexa Bliss too. So I kind of shafted the uh, smacked out of women's division other than Becky. I do think yeah, she's Yeah, that, that's going to die a death. I think it's kind of dragging down Carmella then it's going to help elevate Ellsworth who no, no one just gives a shit about anyway. So that should be just kind of a waste of time. I the whole Ellsworth thing. Like he's a fucking glorified jobber and he's be like, well, he's over. Yeah, he pushes to the fucking moon. What do you want him to like? <laughs> if he actually won the uh, Wrestler of the Year award, if you didn't know. Oh, my fucking God. I'd fucking hang up immediately. <laughs> so, uh, thankfully, I'm not that dumb. I did not include him in the category for the 2016 Wrestler of the Year. Uh, by far the most amount of votes for this one, as opposed to any other category, easily. So, uh, we had a lot of great candidates, a lot of good years for some people, but one guy had a great year, a phenomenal year, which we'll get to in a moment. But, anyway, so uh, coming in at number six, sixth place was Shinsuke Nakamura. With 2% of the vote, which surprised me, because uh, he had a great year. He arrived in the scene for a guy who I had no idea who the hell he was. Another, just another random guy from the Japanese wrestling scene. And no, no offense to the Japanese wrestling guys, but if, not that he didn't have a character, but I just have no idea who the fuck you are, and it has nothing to do with me or you or whatever. Um, but he really came in here and just made an immediate impact, you know, with no chopsticks, no nothing, no green mist, and... and <laughs> And just had a, had a lot of great matches in a great year. Won the belt twice. So, But he had 2% of the vote. Coming in at 5th place with 3% of the vote, Roman Reigns, who won the WWE title this year. And, <laughs> are you saying ooh or boo? Both. Both. Roman got 5th percent or 3% with 5th fi- with, uh, place 
winning the U.S. title and the WWE title this year, and the main event of WrestleMania, but still fifth place. Fourth place was, uh, let's see, 4% of the vote goes to Samoa Joe, who won the belt twice this year as well, had a great year in NXT, probably the best heel this company has seen in a long-ass time, but still fourth place. Third place with 5% of the vote, KO Kevin Owens, who won the IC title and the WWE Universal Championship this year in a great match with Sami Zayn at Battleground. Second place, Dean Ambrose, who really kind of solidified his place as a main event guy in 2016 with 6% of the vote. And not even close, by far the most amount of votes for anybody in the entire awards this year, with freaking 80% of the vote goes to the phenomenal one, AJ Styles, which again is no surprise whatsoever. For a guy that at this time one year ago, we had no idea would be in WWE, comes in, debuts in the Rumble, has a great showing, great feud with Jericho, a lot of good matches, amazing matches with Roman Reigns uh, in the main events of both Payback and Extreme Rules, beats John Cena twice in two great back-to-back matches, Wins the WWE title, has a lot of great matches with Dean Ambrose, main events, several pay-per-views. Wins first, or it isn't win at Survivor Series, but his team won at Survivor Series. And heads into the new year facing John Cena again for the WWE title at the Royal Rumble. So, a phenomenal year it has been for AJ and, and for AJ Styles in WWE. Would you agree, RJ? Easily, I think. I imagine he's had the best year. Um, he's pretty much in the main event scene all year. Like I said, I think I- it was the same way next year, and he was the main event. I think people would kind of get tired of him. I think it's kind of just because it's his first year, and everyone likes to see him. So it's kind of what happened to Rowan Reigns. Like, first time he's the main event, it was kind of good, but then I think it's tiresome. I think Nakamura kind of got shafted, and same with Joe. I think Ambrose had, like, a good year. I want to say one of the better years. Um, but I think for NXT, it kind of sports them a little bit, since the payers only are mm-hmm. um, quarterly, because... During, like, regular weeks of NXT, they're usually facing, like, joggers that no one, like, gives a shit about. Yeah. Um, but they are good wrestlers. They just don't have a lot of, like, they only have three or four, like, big storylines throughout the year. Like, the main awesome they have one every month, really. Um, so it kind of hurts those guys. So, like I said, like, if there's one pay view in January, next month's not until April, they'll face joggers for, like, two months and no one really gives a shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Nakamura had a really good deal. Like I said, had a great match with Dane, um, great matches with Joe, Joe has a great year as well. Probably one of the best. Them and him, the Revival, probably the top two heels of the year. Um, Owen's had a good year. Not a big fan of his universe title reign. I think it's, uh, it just is what it is. I feel like he's kind of both like shit, but I think Jericho's helped him out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, if he was by himself, it'd be absolute garbage. <laughs> um, so thank God Jericho's around because literally no one would give two shit. Because I just think he's in butt so poorly. And, yeah. I don't know. Not that like he's a bad character. I just think that without Jericho, he'd literally be nothing right now. Mm-hmm. But, um, he, he had a great year. He said he had a great match with Jericho, the Rumble, Cena, Dean Ambrose. The match of the night with Corbin Ziggler was really good. Yep. And he's going to face Cena again for no apparent reason. <laughs> um, but I think he'll have another great year. It's going to be a great year. I'm not sure exactly what direction to go with him. Because he kind of, I guess he kind of did face all the big guys. He kind of, the, the, the guys, I'll quote Roman Reigns, the guys. Mm-hmm. Um, he pretty much faced everyone big, except like Owens and like Rollins. So maybe he'll get traded to Raw, which I hope to God he doesn't. Yeah. It's pretty much one of the only reasons I really watched Smash. Well, just kidding. Smash that was really good. But they like traded him with like Kevin Owens when he'd be remotely fucking close. Mm-hmm. Um, well, like Rain. 
that, it would be wouldn't be nearly as good as it is now. So hopefully they get traded, but knowing WWE, they'll trade them because they think I don't know because they're stupid. But <laughs> uh, hopefully they get traded because SmackDown, like I said, SmackDown is really good, and without him being on SmackDown, I think it would really suffer. Um, without him, like I said, they could put fucking Jericho on SmackDown. They they just wouldn't be remotely close to how good AJ has been. So. Um, I think you should stay on SmackDown if they want to keep SmackDown relevant. I think really, not only that, not only if he wasn't on SmackDown, I don't know if the show wouldn't be as good. I definitely agree there. But not only that, had you not signed AJ to WWE in 2016, would this year on the whole be as good as it has been without AJ? And I honestly don't think it would be. Because you look at all the great no, matches. I think in my own, in my personal top 25 matches of 2016, he was involved in maybe 10 of them and at least a quarter of them. Because um, he's had so many great matches throughout the year with a guy like Ambrose who, I like Ambrose, but is he a great wrestler? No, not really, but he had a lot of great matches with him. The TLC match was fucking great. That was awesome. And the Roman Reigns match too, not that Roman is a bad wrestler. I kind of put, the, hopefully they put that shit to bed because that's not true. Um, but we were there for one of those matches and it was one of the best matches all year. And the matches with Jericho were also really good, both as a heel and a face. The matches with Cena and I thought they had the best main roster match of the year at SummerSlam. So again, I think... Without AJ, I don't know what this year would be for WWE, but um, yeah, like you said, he's already faced all the top guys and Cena, Jericho, Owens, and or rather Reigns and Ambrose. Uh, hopefully in the new year he stays on SmackDown and he can hopefully have a match at some point with Undertaker, which they should have done in the Rumble, but whatever. Uh, that would be a great match. Him and uh, Nakamura when he gets called up. Hopefully Joe too when he gets called up. You could trade Rollins to SmackDown. You could do that feed. That would be amazing. You could do him and Balor, which has been people have been dying to see for a long ass time now. That would be fucking great. Hopefully put the club back together, which was another dumb move to split them up. Styles has been doing fine, but the club died a death on Raw. So hopefully put those two guys back together. Oh, those three guys back together on SmackDown. But uh, yeah, hopefully he gets a prominent spot at WrestleMania, and hopefully they don't pull a CM Punk on him who had an amazing year in 2012. And then really was not a part of the... I mean, he faced Undertaker WrestleMania 29, but was he a part of the main event? No. Seen in Rock War, and they had a fucking terrible match. So, hopefully Styles gets his just due. If he main events WrestleMania this year, I honestly would be shocked because I don't see him putting a SmackDown guy in the main event of WrestleMania, or at least not AJ. They'll probably put Cena and Taker in there, but uh, I don't know. I think that's the match they should do just because Styles has been so great throughout 2016 before he uh, jobs the scene of the Rumble. But that, we'll get to that when we get to that. But uh, anyway... <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, 2016 in the Hall has been a great year for WWE. So, uh, once again, I'll just run through the results really, really quickly. Wrestler of the Year, AJ Styles. Women's Wrestler of the Year, Charlotte. Tag Team of the Year, the Revival Match of the Year, the Revival and DIY from TakeOver Toronto. Return of the Year, Shane McMahon back on February 22nd's Raw. Uh, Raw February 22nd. Most Disappointed Departure, Cody Rhodes. Shocker of the Year, Goldberg beating Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series. Feud of the Year, John Cena and AJ Styles. WWE Network Special of the Year, TakeOver Dallas. And WWE Network Show of the Year, Talking Smack. So again, Mr. Marceau, your overall thoughts on 2016 in WWE. That was a great year, I think. That was one of the better years. I think the Raw pay-per-views have been absolutely putrid. <laughs> um, Raw in general has been, been awful. Um, but I think, like I said, the Big, the big Four kind of... Royal Rumble was pretty good. WrestleMania wasn't good. Survivor Series sucked. And SummerSlam was alright. Um, but the middle, I think the spring was really, really good. Um, the summer kind of died down. Um, the winter so far has kind of been alright. Like I said, the SmackDown shows have been really good. The Raw ones have been awful. <laughs> um, 
moment, and that's pretty sad when he's the only thing I really care about right now. <laughs> I'm just, it's just, it's like, I don't understand. Like, they do Owen fucking Reigns a hundred million times, no one gives a shit anymore. And it makes no sense. If Reigns beats him every fucking time, then why is he not the champion? He beats mm-hmm. him every time. And, and the, the stupid shark tank, and that's dumb. No one cares. <laughs> stupid. I think with Raw, too... It's, I th- it's pretty sad when Raw's only thing I care about Raw is Braun Strowman. Yeah, that, that's really it. I mean, there's there's really no mid-card division. Uh, I mean, I like Cesaro and Sheamus as a tag team, but that's honestly about it. Even Charlotte and Bailey feels like a reach, right? And we see the same shit every single week from those guys, from those girls. So, I don't know. I feel like... And it's not the brand split's fault, either. I think the brand split's a great idea. Just because I, I could see the argument, oh, you're cutting your roster in half, and how the hell are you going to fill a three-hour show with half the guys? But honestly, was Raw any better before the brand split? It, it wasn't. Raw still sucked. Raw was awful earlier this year before the brand split. And it's not just any better. It's still the same shit that we've been seeing for honestly years. There's really nothing different about it whatsoever. So just because the roster's been split in half doesn't mean it's any worse. It's if, if, if it's not a little bit better, it's just the same. It's not any worse than it was six, seven, eight months ago. So I don't want to even hear people like said, say that was the problem. The same fucking rematches, the same shit every week. Like, we already seen Bailey and Charlotte Russell, like, fucking three times already. Like, why would I give a shit about seeing another title match between them? And just fucking stupid. And Sheamus and Cesaro fought, and the club sucked. Oh, my God. It's just, it's just too many. Sh- it's too much shit over the good. There you go. I said it. It no is. No. Shit. I can't, I can't disagree, and I try to be positive about Raw, but the bad the bad definitely outweighs the good every single week. And obviously, the three hours has always been an issue, but we've had that for four years. It hasn't changed. The quality of the show just sucks. I don't know what it is, but it's just not good. And um, I'd rather, I would much rather have what we have now, with Raw being as bad as it is and SmackDown being great, as opposed to whatever we had six, seven months ago. This time a year ago, SmackDown was a complete afterthought, and nobody watched SmackDown, and Raw still sucked. So at least the brand split's giving people opportunities. More guys on SmackDown than Raw. But Raw Owens would probably not be world champion if they didn't have the brand split. So Owens, AJ, Charlotte, definitely. I think she would have already shined anyway. But uh, Bay- or Becky Lynch especially. Alexa Bliss would not be champion. Charlotte would still be champion. And we would not have Alexa Bliss as champion if, uh, if there wasn't the brand split. Heath Slater and Rhino would not have come close to those tag team titles. Same thing with the Wyatt family. So I think the brand split has been for the better. Hopefully they continue on and continue to do a good job with it in the new year. SmackDown has been absolutely lit all year. NXT's been great. 205 Live's getting better. Hopefully Raw is uh, bigger and better things for Raw in 2017. We can only hope. They're not going back to two hours. That's obviously a guaranteed. But, uh, I mean, that's that's pretty much a... Uh, it's pretty much obvious that they're not going to go back to two hours anytime soon, if ever. But at least SmackDown's been great. Their show on Tuesday was awesome. I did hear a couple hours ago they beat Raw in the ratings this week. I don't know how accurate that is. got to check up on that. But I did hear they got a higher rating than Raw, which is awesome. And I hope that continues to be the case. Just because SmackDown's been that killing it. Amazing, What'd you say? That show on, on Tuesday was fucking amazing. Yeah, it was by far, like I said, I think it's got to be the show of the year. We're just saying a lot because we've had a lot of great SmackDowns. But... No filler at all. Like you said with the pay-per-views earlier, like there's no filler on, or the takeovers rather. But that SmackDown on Tuesday, it was Cena's return. The tag title match, which we saw the tag titles changed hands, which I did not see coming, which was awesome. The women's match, which was okay. which was, It was a good match, but it was really the finish with the Lucha Dora thing that caught people's attention. And then the main event, which got like a half an hour. And then the, re- then the final face-off at the end, that was it. The two hours felt like five minutes. It was amazing. Did they have that good segment with The Miz? Backstage, it was, really, it was pretty good. Like, it wasn't like a dumb authority promo I've ever heard. 
It just it just feels like they add more reality to their programs, to their to their to their angles and storylines on SmackDown. Like the whole Renee and Dean Ambrose thing has been great. Like I know they're doing it because of Total Divas, but it just feels more real. Same thing with Nikki and Cena, but I just feel like I don't know. Like even Natalia feels like more relevant now after she called out Nikki last week. Like I don't know. I feel like the whole show is just it's really helping pretty much everyone on that brand. Yeah, exactly. Rod, it's not like you get lost in shuffle. Just get to the point. I just don't care. Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know. You just do the same matches every week. Every fucking week. But not only are we seeing the same matches, they literally just gave us the title match that we're going to see at the Rumble in a fucking month. They just did it in the main event of Raw, so why would I care about seeing the rematch in a couple weeks of the Rumble? It's a different title now. It's for fucking Universal, and no one cares about. Oh my god, and the dumb shark cage that we just saw a month ago take over. Putrid, putrid. But, but like I said, I, I remember telling you the onset of 2016, it was going to be a good year after the uh, debut of AJ and Austin Aries showed up, who's also been great. And uh, it, it's been a pretty damn good year, all things considered. Hopefully 2017 can beat it out. Uh, my 17 obviously being my favorite number, so here's hoping 17 can be a great year for WWE. And uh, yeah, I think that's about it. So before we go, just one last thing, obviously for uh, you, Mr. Marceau as well. Determine the date of GSM trivia for people to pick their number early for the Royal Rumble game. But as I've said before, the Rumble game is back. It's uh, been officially announced for the fifth straight year. I think we're doing it in January. So you won it last year. You got a free shirt. If someone wins it this year, they can get the all new, not the uh, the prototype that you own and that I own. Uh, there's only three in existence, but the new all new. E- What'd you say? Oh shit! Don't say that because now people won't buy the shirt. Buy the shirt, people, but not because mine's an original. <laughs> so you can buy the shirt at uh, whatamaneuver.net. What's on the shirt? What's on the new shirt? The new shirt doesn't have the same blood, sweat, and tears that my shirt has. Ah, that's true. you wore that to NXT LOL, so it has your uh, Samoa Joe Markout sweat on it too. It, I think you know what it has on it too. I think it has Nakamura sweat because he sweats charisma because he just had that show too. Pretty much. <laughs> sure has everything on it. Everything. Oh, everything, everything. It's it's a it's a vintage tee, so people can check that out and buy the new shirt at whatamaneuver.net. Just went on sale on Wednesday. Eat, sleep, wrestle, rant, repeat. So if you want to be like us and wrestle, rant, and shit on the product, or you know, speak positively about it, whatever you want to do, you can buy the shirt now at whatamaneuver.net. Rumble game comes to you that Sunday, the first or the. Uh, Third or fourth Sunday, whenever the hell the show is this year, I have no idea. I honestly don't really care. I'm just looking forward to uh, smack them more than anything. But, yeah, that's about it. So before we uh, head off into the sunset, Mr. Marceau, anything else you would like to plug? Uh, my Twitter handle, RJ underscore Marceau on the Twitter machine. Um, UFC 207, I'll just give a quick preview. Um, oh, of course, of course. Go ahead. Again, just a, a lunatic. <laughs> um, unless you're getting KO'd in the second round. Uh, I think Donna Cruz will beat Cody Garbrandt. Uh, I think if Garbrandt is going to win, he's going to knock him out early, but Donna Cruz is too good. I think Cruz is going to retain, but hopefully Roger loses and retires because he's an emotional mess. <laughs> so speaking of which, uh, you got are you writing an article for the UFC predictions too, or is that just is that your preview? I was going to, but my computer just died. Boo! But, uh, I'll, try, I'll try it, don't worry. Okay, we'll see. Hopefully some new articles in the new year as well. We've been pumping out a lot of masterpieces lately, so people could check that out at nextairwrestling.net. But uh, 
One last question for you before we leave. So I realized that it's five years ago to the day, and only I would know something like this, but five years ago to the day, December 30th, 2011, that uh, Brock Lesnar fought. He returned to the UFC too, as does Ronda Rousey on Friday, or is it Saturday? It's Friday, right? Yeah, Friday. It's tomorrow. Or tonight, whenever, when this goes up. But uh, Lesnar also returned on that same day at UFC, whatever it was, after a multi-year absence, lost in a minute and a half, and then went to WWE right afterwards. Could you see a similar situation with Ronda, with her losing decisively again, and then moving on to wrestle or compete to sign with WWE at some point in 2017? Um, I could still see them doing, like, Charlotte versus her, but I really don't care. Like I said, it's a cool moment, but, like, <laughs> it's just, like, it won't do anything. Like, it'll draw a big number, but it won't... It doesn't do anything for the product mm-hmm. after WrestleMania, because she won't be there. I don't know. I'm just, like... Now I'm kind of looking at it like with like glass, like more half open. Like I don't know, I like the it's how they have the star, but it does nothing for the product. Okay, people see that she beat up Charlotte, but it does nothing for WWE. Yeah, like, it doesn't help WWE at all. It doesn't for one night. What the fucking ding dong? <laughs> and you know that she's not going to beat Rousey either, so it's not like it's benefiting anyone exactly. really in the women's division. Exactly, it does nothing. It literally. I think, the, honestly, I know it wouldn't be a better match, but I think what they should do is put her up against Stephanie, because I know they had that whole thing a couple years ago, and at least we can finally see her, at least see somebody kick Stephanie's ass. I would love to see that. That would be good, too, but just what like I said, it would just be, it wouldn't serve a purpose. It would just be like... Oh, yeah, no, no, that that's more of an attraction. Yeah, that's more of an attraction just to see Rousey at WrestleMania, but at least it's better than having her beat the current champion... And then, um, and then right, and then Charlotte just looks like a loser coming out of it, and then Rousey just leaves. You know, at least, at least in that case, no one really gets hurt from that because Stephanie sucks anyway. Yeah, I'd rather see Bailey and Charlotte, but they kind of have already done that already. I don't know if it's plan is, but or Sasha and Bailey, and they already kind of fucked over those plans by giving the belt back to Charlotte too. We'll see. Maybe, maybe somehow they do a fucking four horsemen will fail the four horsemen. Get the last kicker in there too. Check out the old episodes uh, of Wrestle Rant Radio for RJ's rant as to why Becky should win. He got rave reviews from Mike Yoder uh, back on, back in April when he when he made this great pitch for Becky to win a WrestleMania, and of course she didn't. But it was a great rant anyway. So uh, check out all new episodes. <laughs> What'd you say? And you'll be there next year too, so she can redeem herself at WrestleMania. Exactly, exactly. So it's all going to come full circle. Um, but next week, starting on Thursday, Wrestle Rant Radio moves to Thursdays. We move from Fridays back to Thursdays. And we're back with Tom in a couple weeks' time so people can check that out. But yeah, follow him on the Twitter, at RJ underscore Marceau. And uh, Mr. Marceau, thanks for coming on for the first time in many, many months. Coming out of retirement. You're going back into retirement like Ric Flair. Uh, don't go over to TNA, though. Don't go to another radio show, okay? All right, I'll try not to. We'll see, <laughs> see how, how much they're offering. Maybe I can... The open bar, I'll definitely. <laughs> <laughs> open bar. That's probably the perfect way to close out what 2016 was probably for Ric Flair and also paying off all your four ex-wives, too. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, all the divorce elements. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mr. Marceau, have a very happy new year, and I'll catch your ass down the road. All right, see you later, Sam. See you, brother.
That was Mr. Marceau, guys, given the 2016 WWE slash NXT Year and Review Awards. Thank you once again for voting all December long. We'll be back in the new year just talking about Raw, SmackDown, 205 Live, NXT, all the great stuff in the first full week of 2017 uh, in WWE. I look forward to it. And also the Rumble at the end of January, too as the road to WrestleMania rages on. So next week, we will probably have another guest here on the show talking all about that stuff to be determined. So just stay uh, stay tuned to the social media aspects, all the social media accounts on that front in terms of who will be joining me next week to talk about Raw, SmackDown, NXT, all the works. It should be a great time. But as for me, you guys can find me on the social medias, on uh, on the Twitter machine at WrestleRant, on Facebook at Facebook.com backslash Graham.GSM.Matthews, on YouTube as well. Videos go up every single day at YouTube.com backslash Graham.GSM.Matthews, or uh, YouTube.com backslash C backslash Graham.GSM.Matthews. That's a different URL. But uh, at any rate, like I said, new episodes of WrestleRant Radio going up every Thursday starting in 2016 right here on NextAirWrestling.net, which is undergoing a massive, massive overhaul on the first day of 2017. So we look forward to that as well. New articles coming every single day with reviews of all of your favorite shows in WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, Lucha Underground uh, every single day of the week. And also, last but not least, be sure to, as I said earlier, buy the shirt, eat, sleep, wrestle, rant, repeat, only on whatamaneuver.net. Go to the store and go to the store page, and then click on Wrestle Rant Radio. You can buy a t-shirt, you can buy a hoodie, you could buy, uh, 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 they have pretty much everything. They have tees, they have everything you can possibly imagine, imagine with the uh, design of the shirt. Uh, you can buy it on the website, so be sure to check it out. Went on live online on Wednesday, the 28th, so be sure to check it out when you can. They have pretty much every size imaginable, so like I said, hoodies, t-shirts, uh, sleeveless shirts, pretty much anything you can imagine, buy the shirt, eat, sleep, wrestle, rant, repeat at whatamaneuver.net. So we'll see you next Thursday, guys, for an all-new episode, the first return episode of Wrestle Rant Radio on Thursdays right here on nextairwrestling.net. I'm Graham G.S. Matthews, and I'll catch you guys down the road in 2017.